0: Amy, we are back. We are. For more Leviticus. Yes, we are. Now, we need to talk about a few things. Yes, yes, we do. Before we get started. Because we are recording this towards the uh, end of October 2020.
1: My goodness.
0: Now, not that we have to tell anyone, but it has been an upside down year.
1: No kidding.
0: And just getting more upside down. It really
1: is. At least here in California. Oh, it's screwy. I think everywhere, though, if we were to ask. Yeah. Yes.
0: Now, I was wondering if you would, because I would imagine your story is probably very similar to what's going on across the country, if you would share what happened. Yes. Um, we have some studies
1: at our at our church, and there's some women um, that just feel heavy-hearted. And so we were we were sharing at church and in this women's area and one woman one woman said that she feels so heavy like someone put the the x-ray chest cover on her chest that's how she explained the heaviness Mm -hmm. and so other women were in there saying yes that's just how it feels like a heaviness and so we started talking about spiritual warf- warfare, and so we started talking about how we can can fight that off. And so what was suggested was Psalm 91. I, I for me, that's what I thought in my mind. No one, you know, I, I... I've always went to Psalm 91 and I wanted to suggest that to everyone that if you're feeling so heavy that it probably is spiritual warfare, that Christians do go through that. There still is dynamic spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. and we have to rebuke that. If, If you don't feel comfortable reading that or whatever, you can just rebuke the devil. Just say, get thee behind me or whatever you feel comfortable with and know that that's a real thing and know that everyone is feeling that heaviness, even
0: me and you. Yeah, don't you really feel like, and I think, like, for me, it's really come to light this last week or so where everything is being magnified. Everything that everyone's been feeling has just, like, compounded week after week, month after month. And now it's at a point where I people are just kind of at their wits end. And I'm talking about like grade school age all the way up to senior citizen. I think everyone is just kind of at like a boiling point almost. Agreed. I agree with you. I agree.
1: I, you know, we get caught up in the creeps. The create creation of things, we only have to answer to the Creator. Mm-hmm. If you can tell yourself, if you're if you're at a crossroad about something, if you have to make a decision about something, say to yourself, "Okay, I'm not gonna go to the creation. Yeah. I'm gonna go to the Creator. What am I make basing my decision on? Mm-hmm. Am I be, basing my decision on man?" Or I might be basing my decision on God. Mm-hmm. And if you base your decision on God, then it's always going to be good. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think that in, in all your decisions, if you do that, you're never going to be wrong.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just know you're not alone. No. So many people are are feeling this way. Just get to your Bible. Get your Bible do a little reading have a little quiet time it's gonna be okay. it's
1: gonna be okay
0: yeah and and with your children
1: realize that what you're feeling they probably are at least in in our situation or they're they're in they're troubled too yeah I mean you know and if you if they come to ask you something and you don't have the answer it's okay to say honey let me let i'll come back to you just give me a minute and look at look in your bible for the answer Mm -hmm. you know or however you can the bible is where it is is at and there's there's right where scriptures where you can go to yeah so those little ones are just the same as us yeah sweets
0: yes (laughs) so all right well yeah we just Uh that that was on our hearts so yeah, definitely. All right. Do you want to start us off in prayer? Sure. All right. Okay, here we go. Lord, I know
1: you are with me and love me. Please give me peace of mind as I pre- pray, prepare for this time of study with you. Help me to put focus on my Bible and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me to be with you. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes that I need to use it. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study your word and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that glorifies you and does justice to myself.
0: In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, so let's start with a recap of Leviticus chapters one, chapter one through seven, verse 38. Uh, We went through a lot of the procedures, procedures for the burnt offering, the grain offering, peace and sin offerings. Um, And then we spoke about uh, sins requiring a sin offering and sins requiring a guilt offering and uh, the procedures for the blood and the and the fat of the animal. So we're really kind of getting to a lot of the details of yes. how God wants the Israelites to live. Yep. Um, is there anything you wanted to recap on? No, no. All right. So getting into Leviticus chapters eight through seventeen, now the first three chapters eight, nine, and ten. That teaches us more about the priests. Well, 11 through 17 focuses more on cleanliness. Yeah. All right. So chapter eight, we learn about the ordination of the priests. Now, ordination means the official act or process of making someone a priest or a minister, etc. Just so we get that clear. Now, the Lord told Moses to round up Aaron and his sons so the ordination uh, could take place in front of the tabernacle. And in Leviticus chapter eight, verses 33 and 34, you must not leave the tabernacle entrance for seven days, for that is when the ordination ceremony will be completed. Everything we have done today was commanded by the Lord in order to purify you, making you right with him. And the Lord, he required this or else they would die. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now... This, I, you know, I was thinking about it because you and I were currently reading through the Bible. Yeah. And I was thinking about, because the part we're on now, there are a lot of false prophets. And it's just so interesting to look at where it all started with Aaron and his sons. And how everything just had to be so, you know, it, it was all laid out. Like you had to do it in such kind of a meticulous way to where... oh you know, the time where they are now, it's like, there's false prophets everywhere. There's like,
1: hoo-ha going on. There is. Like, there is just chaos Mm -hmm. where we're at. Yeah. I just think of dust. Like, (laughs) courses going in, this, that, every time I read it. Yeah.
0: Like, people going in, out, okay, I'm going over here, there. Ugh. Yeah. I know. And they have like the... So yeah, they would build the pagan shrines. Yeah, I guess shrine. Isn't yeah. that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Pagan? The point, my point was, it's just crazy to think how it started so godly in yes. Leviticus and, and what the heck happened in between. I know. What happened? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you have notes for that section? I just have Aaron's
1: descendants could be priests. They alone had the honor and responsibility of performing the sacrifices. These priests had to cleanse and dedicate themselves before they could help the people do the same. So Mm -hmm. they, they had
0: to do that cleansing. They did. Yep. They did. Also, we had, why were priests needed in Israel? Now, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, The Israelites were instructed to be a kingdom of priests. Ideally, they would all be holy and relate to God. Now, uh, Exodus chapter 19, verse 6 says, And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. But from the time of Adam's fall, all sin has separated humans and God, and people have needed mediators to help them find forgiveness. At first, the patriarchs, or the heads of households like Abraham and Job, were priests of the house or clan and made sacrifices for the family. When the Israelites left Egypt, the descendants of Aaron from the tribe of Levi were chosen to serve as priests for the nation. The priests stood in the gap between God and the people. They were the full-time spiritual leaders and overseers of offerings. The priestly system was a concession to the people's inability because of sin to confront and relate to God individually and corporately. In Christ, this imperfect system was transformed. Jesus Christ himself is our high priest. Now all believers can approach God through him. Yeah. Mm.
1: You think about all these things they had to do, and now we have none of that to do. Yes. But it was so important then. Mm -hmm. But now we have none of these rituals that have to take place. So you can see how, like when Paul was talking about Like when he told the Colossae church, you know, the Colossae's at Colossae, you know, that you don't have to do these anymore. Mm -hmm. It was hard for them to understand that. Mm -hmm. Because, wait a minute, this is what we have to do to, you know, Mm -hmm. but they don't, you know, it was
0: hard to understand. I was thinking about, after reading that part, I was thinking about God's timing. Now, God's timing is perfect. Yes. Jesus could have... Come into the world at any time. Jesus could have come during yeah. this time. He could have, like, he could have come at any, any time. time, but he came at a very specific time. Yes. And I don't know. I don't know why that hit me. I'm like, well, why wasn't Jesus there right then? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. The, I, there's really nothing more to that statement. I was no. like, just, yeah, he I just, just find it his interesting. Timing
1: is perfect. Yeah, just like the sacrifice of uh, Jesus being on the cross, he was. He was put on the cross during um, uh, Passover, and Passover, the city was full of people, like Mm. we were talking the other night, so all of those lambs were sacrificed, so the the river was full of blood, so all of every blood, so that was a resemblance of the blood. Mm, You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just look at what everything always falls in. Mm. Just thank God because we would mess it up.
0: Oh yeah. Now, do you have anything else for chapter eight? I don't. Let me make sure. No. Okay. Okay. So moving on to chapter nine, uh, after cause Aaron and his sons are there. So after the seven days, uh, Moses and the elders of Israel, they were preparing offerings because the Lord was going to appear to them that day. Aaron and his sons presented offerings to the altar for themselves and the people of Israel. And in Leviticus chapter 9, verses 22 through 24, after that, Aaron raised his hands toward the people and blessed them. Then after presenting the sin offering, the burnt offering and the peace offering, he stepped down from the altar. Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle, and when they came back out, they blessed the people again, and the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and fat on the altar. When the people saw this, they shouted with joy and fell face down on the ground. Oh, that must have been something. I know. Goodness. Now, did you have notes for that I part? do. All right.
1: Um, The people fell to the ground in awe. Some people wonder if God really exists because they don't see his activity in the world. But God is at work in today's world, just as he was in Moses' world, where a huge body of believers is active, active for him. God tends not to display his power in the form of mighty physical acts. Instead, he works to change the world through the work of these believers. When you realize that, you will begin to see acts of love and faith that are just as supernatural. That's true. Yes. That's true. Absolutely.
0: Because it's almost like um, it's unveiled to you in a way. Yes.
1: You think? I do. And I think we see, like like he said, he works through believers. Mm-hmm through through the work of these believers so he i think he does Mm -hmm. and i think that's why the holy spirit like that's again why get in tune with the holy spirit and listen to him and do what he says if he says turn the car around and go talk to that person that's how he's working through you okay that's
0: what i think okay All right, so anything else for Chapter 9? Uh, excuse no, me. I don't have anything. All right, Chapter 10. This was something, Chapter 10. Oh, My gosh. I know it. All right, so the first half of Chapter 10 describes what happened to Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, because they put the wrong type of fire in the incense. Yes, they Burners. did. Burners. I had to read through that, like, I don't know how many times to understand. I'm like, wait, what did they, what happened? What'd they do wrong? So in Leviticus chapter 10, verses two through four, so fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up. And they died there before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant. When he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all the people. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think ever? I'm not being sassy here. I know I, I'm not, but do you think it, at some point Aaron was like, "What? What just happened?
1: What they? What'd he do?" I wonder. Or he probably thought, "Well, they they were naughty. Yeah, they just tried to take a. I don't know, like a shortcut. But you know, just like a teacher has to show the sternness in the beginning of the year, he is oh. like, "Look, I can't. I can't be messing around here."
0: You know what? What a great analogy! Yeah. I bet you, oh, the mailman! I bet you that's exactly what it was because we see kind of a uh, man, almost a parallel story. I I don't know what I'm trying to say here in the rest of chapter ten, but you're right. It's like you have to show the Israelites this is the way it's going to be for my people. Yeah, and I I'm I, when I said it, I meant it, and this is it. Yeah, he's because even though Aaron is a priest, you know, his his tribe are priests, I'm not messing around. Right. I can't mess
1: around because if I'm easygoing, then he's going to be easygoing with those people, then we're going to have a big mess. Though we had a big mess anyway.
0: True. True. Because yeah. it'll just trickle down. Yeah. 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 All right. Now, yeah. um, did you have notes for that part? I did. Mm-hmm. Abihu
1: brought coals of fire to the altar from another source, Mm -hmm. making the sacrifice unholy. It has also been suggested that the two priests gave an offering at an unprescribed time. Whatever explanation is correct, the point is that Nadab and Abihu abused their office as priests in a flagrant act of disrespect to God who had just reviewed with them precisely how they were to conduct worship. Mm -hmm. As leaders, they had special responsibility to obey God. In their position, they could easily lead many people astray. If God has commissioned you to lead or teach others, never take that role for granted or abuse it. Stay faithful to God and follow his instructions.
0: Mm. Right there. Yeah, right there. And that is a wonderful point, is that God just told them, this is how I needed to be.
1: That's like saying to the child, mm-hmm. okay, stand up, push your chair in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. and Or whatever. Yeah. Or listen. Listen. Right there's a puddle, don't jump in it. And you know, if you have a boy, it's gonna happen. Oh, yeah, we've all been there. What splash? Yeah, I my son did that, and I said, Noah, why did you jump into that puddle? Well, I didn't think it was wet. No, come <laughs> on, it's that non wet water, uh huh. And that's a Noah, N O A H, like the Bible. I named him Noah, <laughs> I didn't think it was wet. He had this performance at school. It was I livid? Oh. I didn't
0: think it was wet. Well, that was, I did laugh. I mean, that is kind of a funny response. I know, I busted up. Because sometimes they will say things and you're like, what? Uh huh. What'd you just say? <laughs> what?
1: I laughed so hard. <laughs> and then Tanner laughed. I said, you better suck. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Oh, I did have another point about this. Please go. Yes. It says, The brothers Nadab and Ebeo got in trouble together. Although little is known of their earlier years, the Bible gives us an abundance of information about the environment in which they grew up. Born in Egypt, they were eyewitnesses of God's mighty acts of the Exodus. They saw their father Aaron their uncle Moses, and their aunt Miriam in action many times. Mm. They had first-hand knowledge of God's holiness, as few men have ever had, and for a while at least, they followed God wholeheartedly. But at a crucial moment, they chose to treat with indifference the clear instructions from God. The moment they chose to treat... Oh, the, mo- the consequences of their sin was fiery, instant, and cho- shocking to all. We are all in danger of making the same mistake as these brothers when we treat lightly the justice and holiness of God. We must draw near to God while realizing that there is a proper fear of God. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, they knew. Yeah. I don't know. They just were lazy. I don't understand whatever
0: their reason was they're gone yeah and and god knew that it it they were disobeying. like they knew better because if we look at the rest of chapter 10 it kind of explain it it explains it but doesn't explain it yeah. because Aaron's sons so two of his other sons eleazar and ithamar mm-hmm. they burned the sin offering but they didn't eat any of it But God doesn't punish them. So he, so God punished the other two sons because they knew better, but he didn't punish these two sons. And it said uh, in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 18 and 20, since the animal's blood was not brought into the holy place, you should have eaten the meat in the sacred area I ordered you. Then Aaron answered Moses, today my sons presented both their sin offering and their burnt offering to the Lord. And yet this tragedy has happened to me. If I had eaten the people's sin offering on such a tragic day as this, would the Lord have been pleased? And when Moses heard this, he was satisfied. You know, it said in the notes, the priest who offered the sin offering was supposed to eat a portion of the animal and then burn the rest. Moses was angry because Eleazar and Ithamar burned the sin offering but didn't eat any of it. Aaron explained to Moses that his two sons did not feel it appropriate to eat the sacrifice after their two brothers, Nadab and Abihu, had just been killed for sacrificing wrongly. Moses then understood that Eleazar and Ithamar were not trying to disobey God. They were simply afraid and upset over what had just happened to their brothers. Okay. Hmm. I guess God was kind of making that differentiation, okay, yeah. this is bad, this isn't bad, Where I'm not going to kill you on this, even though he, they did disobey. But they they did it out of, they didn't,
1: like the first group, they were like, they did it like they knew. They knew, yeah. These guys were like, listen, our brother died, this is a reason why. Yeah. These people had no reason, they're like, oh, we're just going to take this easy route and go boop, boop. Yes. I can understand that. Yeah. I, I can see that.
0: Okay. Can't you? No, no. It Yes, I, I can see that. But I also, if God struck them down, I could kind of understand that yeah. too. So I think that's why God was kind of telling them, okay, this don't do. This I can understand.
1: It showed him a stern father, yet a caring father. Mm-hmm. It showed both sides of God's character. It showed both, you know, it showed his character, both, you know, mm-hmm. that he has both of his characteristics. Yes. I think.
0: No, that's a great point. Yeah.
1: That he, yet he is a stern God, but he's also a loving
0: God. hmm Now, anything else for chapter 10? I don't have nothing else for 10. Okay, so chapter 11. This is where we start getting into all the cleanliness issues. So in chapter 11, God told Moses and Aaron which animals were ceremonially clean and unclean to the Israelites so they knew uh, which were okay to eat. He was very specific and broke it down uh, to land animals, marine animals, birds, insects. And God also explained what the Israelites should do if they handled an unclean animal. So specific. I know. I... Now,
1: uh, did you have notes for that part? I just had this one. Mm -hmm. God had strictly forbidden eating the meat of certain unclean animals. To make sure he forbade even touching them, he wanted the people to be totally separated from those things he had forbidden. So often we flirt with temptation rational rationalizing that at least we are technically keeping the commandment not to commit the sin but God wants us to separate ourselves completely from all sin and tempting situations perhaps this passage has made you aware of areas of your life where you have technically in technical innocence but in which you have actually been involved in sin it's time to cross back over the line to stay there mm. hmm. i can relate to that i must say
0: oh jeez you can know can all...
1: everybody please yeah.
0: yep and then there was another note um there is more to this chapter than eating right these verses provide a key to understanding all the laws and regulations in leviticus God wanted his people to be holy, set apart, different, unique, just as he is holy. He knew they had only two options, to be separate and holy or to compromise with their pagan neighbors and become corrupt. I mean, that right there is that, that's like what happened with, with the two brothers. Yeah, exactly. Like that corruption would have just started right off the bat. That's right. It would have set the tone. That is why he called them out, uh, called them out of adulterous, why is it idolatrous, Amy, every time, I I can't say that word, Egypt and set them apart as a unique nation, dedicating to worshipping him alone and leading moral lives. That is also why he designed laws and restrictions to help them remain separate, both socially and spiritually, from the wicked pagan nations they would encounter in Canaan. Christians also are called to be holy, and that's from uh, 1 Peter 1, verse 15. Like the Israelites, we should remain spiritually separate from the world's wickedness, even though, unlike them, we rub shoulders with unbelievers every day. It is no easy task to be holy in an unholy world, but God doesn't ask you to accomplish this on your own. He has provided help. Through the death of his Son, you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And that's from Colossians chapter 1 verse 22. With Christ, you can live in the world without having to be of the world. That's right. I really like that note. I, I do think too. it explained a lot. It does. It breaks it
1: down and it, it just is perfect. It's very good.. Mm-hmm. And you can live in the world without being of it. Yes, that's for sure. yes.
0: Did you have any other notes for that part? I don't. Okay, I have one other note. Uh, The designations clean and unclean were used to define the kinds of animals the Israelites could and could not eat. There were several reasons for this restricted diet. One, to ensure the health of the nation. The forbidden foods were usually scavenging animals that fed on dead animals. Thus, disease could be transmitted through them. Two, to visibly distinguish Israel from the other nations. The pig, for example, was a common sacrifice of pagan religions. Three, to avoid objectionable associations. The creatures that move about on the ground, for example, were reminiscent of serpents, which often symbolize sin. So God had reasons for all of this. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: It was to protect them, to show that they were different from others. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't just to be mean or anything. No, you know? they
0: weren't just random thoughts. Like, no, hey, don't touch this. Yeah. Oh. Now, did you have anything else for chapter eleven? I don't have nothing for eleven. No. Okay, chapter twelve, Amy. We're talking about childbirth. Yes, we are. All right, bring it on. <laughs> so the um, lo- okay, the Lord explained to Moses the process of purification after childbirth. Now, if the woman gave birth to a son. She was ceremonially unclean for seven days. On the eighth day, the boy had to be circumcised. Um, In Leviticus chapter 12, verse 4, After waiting 33 days, she will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth. During this time of purification, she must not touch anything that is set apart as holy, and she must not enter the sanctuary until her time of purification is over. Did they, once again, not sassy, just curious, did they have any pain relievers? And obviously not medicine, but were there natural things that they gave the women? Do you think? I have no idea. I would say no. I didn't, because you know how sometimes you hear about like different like tribes or whatnot, and they've found over the yeah. millennia and whatever that that they found like this one leaf. If you chew on this leaf, yeah. it will like take away pain i just wondered if maybe they had anything like that who knows but let's doubt it we're just gonna assume it was all natural yeah. and hurt a lot yeah we're gonna just go with that okay all
1: right. all right i'm gonna say they had a rag to bite on
0: oh i hope so they were fiercely like sewing away or yeah. knitting away a, a goat rag yeah like you're Birth goat rag. Yeah,
1: a birth goat rag. This was your great 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 grandmother's. Go ahead. It's
0: <laughs> it's tattered, but you can chew on this. That was your great Grammy's teeth marks in yeah. that goat birth rag. You go ahead and put
1: yours right there. Maybe you'll you'll have a you'll have it all right. And you go right ahead.
0: And you know you know that mom or grandma's like, it's not gonna be alright. It's gonna really yeah. hurt. Don't tell she's a little bit of a sassy one <laughs> I would uh,
1: I may not want to be there <laughs> <laughs> you know you see pictures of like them having a woman like hanging from a rope what? <laughs> Wait. What? well she's not hanging but like they have this rope yeah. on a tree and like her, her breasts, like the ropes under the breasts so she can like kind of like dangle. And give birth? Like it helps her like just. I have never seen you that have in my it? life. Well, I don't know what year it is. <laughs> but like it just gives her relief like just to like over. She lean can just over. dangle there? Well, she's not hanging. No, no, but I mean from her boo-boos is she just. Like the, it's under here. Yeah. And, like, she's, like, just leaning forward, like, maybe it's relief. Is she high up in the air? No, So the baby just falls? No, like, her feet are touching, like, she's squatting. Oh, okay. But, like, that's holding her up. And I think, could no one hold her up? It's got to be a rope. Could she lean over something? Right, she's leaning over, like, the rope. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. (laughs) I mean, could no one hold her up? It had to be a rope.
0: They just used what they had. All right. What, what do we year have? Was that? We have a rope here.
1: And then you think, you know, like I bet so many women died. Oh sure,
0: yeah. And and um, and chill. I'm sure the baby, oh, yeah. A lot of babies didn't make it either. I mean, oh, I can
1: only imagine the pain. Mm. And do you think people thought that Eve?
0: <laughs> Every time. Eve. (laughs) Jeez,
1: come on. Do you think they had something called the Eve Rag (laughs) to bite on?
0: The Memorial Eve Rag. (laughs) Is that a story that they knew about?
1: Well, they, I would assume, I
0: don't know. I was like, you know what? This could have been a whole lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Eve. Eve. Pain during childbirth. And you know, no one's
1: ever named Eve. No one's naming their child Eve again.
0: Not yet, huh? No. It's more of an old-fashioned name nowadays.
1: Yeah, I mean, in
0: the Bible. But in the Bible, yeah, you don't see, hey... That was a great name. Wasn't she a great woman? Oh, no. We're going to go with Jezebel. Or <laughs> Oh, there's another yeah. one. There's another. They'd rather name him Jezebel than Eve. <laughs> That's another little naughty girl. She's a very naughty. She might be the naughtiest, huh? Yeah. Isn't she
1: the naughtiest? They,
0: well, in the notes it said it that did. Jezebel was the naughtiest. But do you think at one point they were like, people may have forgotten about Eve. Let's just, let's see what happens if we yeah. name our girl Eve. Oh. Everyone in the village was like, oh no. 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 You're not naming her Eve.
1: I just wish I could be a fly on the wall about someone's labor then. Oh. Like, how did they handle the labor?
0: I bet you all the ladies got together. Yeah. It, it was probably very much a, a close-knit... Women's thing. Yeah, women's thing where they came together and... And obviously the the older women knew the process and and whatnot, and they helped out and said, "Just get this out." Of yeah, there. they they knew how to how to handle it, you know. I just
1: I might have to just be the cook or or taking <laughs> care of the hot rags or something.
0: And I'm sure I'm sure they had they had women for each like part, so. Okay, you're in charge of like the hot blankets, you're in charge of cleaning her up, you're in charge, like, and, and you're right, they probably did, the woman probably did bite down on like a, something, like a ladle or something,
1: something, Mm -hmm. something, yeah, or I'll take care of that child.
0: Yeah, like, okay, Margaret, you're in charge of, (laughs) (laughs) you're in charge of the baby when the baby comes out. Yeah,
1: you know. Do what you got to do.
0: Yeah, they, that's it. They had, I mean, what else did you, you had no options back no, then. you didn't have a doctor. No. All right, so let's get okay, on. So we talked go. about birth to, of, this, of a son. Let's talk about birth oh, of a daughter. Okay. So the woman was ceremonially unclean for 14 days. So double the amount. And you, uh, she would be purified from the bleeding of childbirth after 66 days. After, I wonder why a difference. Why was there a difference between the boy and the girl? Who knows? After purification time was over, the woman must bring an offering to the tabernacle and the priest uh, would present her to the Lord to purify her. Um, Did you have notes on this part? I did. Yeah. I had.
1: Why was a woman considered ceremonially unclean after the wonderful miracle of birth? It was due to the bodily emissions and secretions occurring during and after childbirth. These were considered unclean and made the woman unprepared to enter the pure surroundings of the tabernacle. Her temporary status highlighted her role as a young mother and relieved her of any certain duties that probably made the early days with a new baby easier.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. They gave her a little break. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to chapter 13. All right. Uh, where we talk, where the Bible talks about uh, skin diseases and contaminated clothing. So the Lord explained to Moses what serious skin diseases the Israelites should be concerned about and how to treat them. The priest made the examinations and decided whether to quarantine, which I thought was interesting that it, it was up to the priest. yeah um, what to do with them. but I guess it makes sense. Yeah, he was the head, yeah,
1: I know. Who else would it be?
0: Right. Right, because there was there's no, no doctors and no. it was considered you know a godly thing if you were clean or unclean. So it makes sense. Yeah, um, in Leviticus chapter thirteen verses forty five and forty six, those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Always with the tearing of those clothes. I
1: know, hmm. the tearing.
0: And the poor things couldn't have their hair combed. Yeah. I mean... Hmm. hmm. um, Did you have notes for that part? Yes.
1: Um, leprosy here is called a serious skin disease. Its His name is applied to several different diseases and was generally fear, feared in Bible times. Some of these diseases, unlike the diseases we call leprosy or Hansen's disease today, were highly contagious. The worst of them slowly ruined the body and in most cases were fatal. Leopards were separated from family and friends and confined outside the camp. Since priests were responsible for the health of the camp, it was their duty to expel and readmit leopards, lepers. If someone's leprosy appeared to go away, only the pres- priest could decide if that person was truly cured. Leprosy is often used in the Bible as an in- illustration of sin because sin is contagious and destructive and leads to separation. Mm. So,
0: yeah. So once again, you know, it, it all makes sense. He's yeah. trying to keep the Israelites healthy and he's just showing them the different ways. Listen, this has to happen for for. For the Israelites to to continue on. Otherwise, who knows what would happen. Right. Yeah. Was there anything else for chapter 13? Not for 13, no. All right. So we're going to boogie over to chapter 14. Here the Lord told Moses how to seek ceremonial purification from a skin disease. Uh, The priest must deem the person healed of the skin disease, then perform a specific purification ceremony. The Lord then explained to Moses and Aaron in the second half of chapter 14 how to treat contaminated houses. The process involved the priests inspecting Israelites' houses for mildew and what to do if any is found. So it's all, you know, it's all in in certain order. Okay, this is how you're going to uh, examine the person, whether they're clean or not. And then this is how you're going to treat the, you know, their household. Yes. And in Leviticus chapter 14, chapters 54 through 57, these are the instructions for dealing with serious skin diseases, including scabby sores and mildew, whether on clothing or in a house and swelling on the skin, a rash or discolored skin. This procedure will determine whether a person or object is ceremonially clean or unclean. These are the instructions regarding skin disease and mildew. Mildew must've been a problem. Back I know. Then. I, hmm. That's what I thought
1: too. Could just, to speak of it like this, yeah, yeah. Um, um, what notes did you have for that? Part? I, I, um, I had. Although they wouldn't have understood, wouldn't have understood the medical reasons for some of these laws, their obedience to them made them healthier. Many of God's laws must have seemed strange to the Israelites, but his laws helped them avoid not only physical contamination, but but also moral and spiritual infection. The Word of God still provides a pattern for physical, spiritual, and morally healthy living. We might not always understand the wisdom of God's laws, but if we obey them, we will thrive. Does this mean we are to follow the Old Testament health and dietary restrictions? In general, basic principles of health and cleanliness are still healthful practices, but it would be... legalistic if not wrong to adhere to each specific restriction today some of these regulations were intended to mark the israelites as different from the wicked people around them others were given to prevent god's people from becoming involved in pagan religious practices one of the most serious problems of the day still others related to the quarantines in a culture where exact medical diagnosis was impossible today for example physicians can diagnose the different forms of leprosy and they know which ones are contagious treatment methods have greatly improved and quarantine for leprosy is rarely necessary is leprosy still a thing it's called something else hansen's yeah. yeah okay but it's telling you right now, no, yeah. do not do the Old Testament. Mm.
0: Yeah, I had that note highlighted. That's Did a really you? Good, yeah. Okay. That's a good note. Okay, anything else for chapter fourteen? No. Okay. Chapter fifteen. The Bible doesn't hold out on some of this stuff it in does chapter fifteen. Not. So God explained to Moses and Aaron in Leviticus chapter fifteen, verses thirty-one through thirty-three. This is how you will guard the people of Israel from ceremonial uncleanness. It just seems like the uncleanliness, but it's uncleanness. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Otherwise they would die for their impurity would defile my tabernacle that stands among them. These are the instructions for dealing with anyone who has a bodily discharge, a man who is unclean because of an emission of semen or a woman during her menstrual period. It applies to any man and woman who has a bodily discharge and to a man who has sexual intercourse with a woman who is ceremonially unclean. Lord didn't leave anything out. No, he didn't. He Mm -mm. had to be sure. Um, What notes did you have for that part? I have um, the verses in this
1: section are not implying that sex is dirty or disgusting. God created sex for the enjoyment of married couples and the continuation of the race and the preservation of the covenant. Everything must be seen and done with a view toward God's love and ultimate authority. Sex is not separate from spirituality. Sex is not separate from spirituality and God's care. God's concerned about our sexual habits. He, he designed us, including our sexuality, as wonderfully complex and un, unified creations. Unified. We, oh, unified, unified creations. We tend to try to separate our physical and spiritual lives, but they are intertwined. God must be Lord over our whole lives, our whole selves, including our private lives. In what ways do you acknowledge your relationship with God in your sexuality? I don't
0: even know how to answer that. I don't either. That's quite a question. Yes. Okay, and then there was one other note. God is concerned about health. He upholds the dignity of the person, the dignity of the body, and the dignity of the sexual experience. He commands all the people to avoid unhealthy practices and promote healthy ones with practical instructions. Washing was a God-directed means to maintain physical health. Acts of purification or cleansing were God-directed means to preserve spiritual dignity. Millennia before the rise of the AIDS epidemic, God's directions already preserve people from known and unknown dangers. This shows God's high regard for sex and sexuality. In our day, sex has been degraded by shocking media exposure. It has become public domain, not private celebration. We are called to have a high regard for sex, both in good health and in purity. Our deepest form of gratitude to God for the gift of sex is expressed in how we use the gift.
1: There, there's our answer. Yeah. Or in what ways do we acknowledge? Yeah, that's it. That there it is.
0: But it is, you know, I'm I'm no prude, but it has really come to a point where it's the really, media yeah, is it's out there. I mean, come on, yeah,
1: it's just ridiculous. It has gotten to quite a point. I mean, yeah, I I can't even. I have no words. Yeah,
0: okay, friend. Anything else for fifteen? Um, the only thing I wanted to
1: touch on is we have a little graph, little t- t- table in here uh-huh. and about the sacrifices. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, what it says is there's an old slash new system of sacrifices in the old Testament regarding Hebrews eight verse 13 the sacrifices were temporary in the um, Old Testament. You had to continue to do them again and again and again. And in the New Testament, when Jesus died on the cross, it's permanent. We don't have to go again and again. He died for our sins once and for all. And if you think about that, he died for all of them like, like the pain of that. Mm-hmm. And he was... He had no sin. Mm. Like, if you just sit and let yourself think about that for a minute, it's saddening. Mm. But what a gift he gave us. Yeah. Like, you know that you would do anything for your child. Mm -hmm. Like, you would die for your children. Right. But times that by a billion, like, I don't know. I'm just so grateful when you stop and think about it, you know? it's like
0: you can't comprehend it to some degree you can't comprehend it there's no way we can
1: and we don't deserve it and we but thank you lord Mm, amen i just i just love that that the old system it's temporary it's just again 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 but now we don't look at Thank goodness. Can you imagine? Okay, Robin, let's go get those perfect goats. No one's going to get them for us. Come on. Yeah. Got to take this
0: goat again. Yeah. Again, again, again. But nope. I'll take a picture of that chart and put it on Facebook. Okay. And it's
1: just, it says a whole bunch. Like Aaron, the first high priest, Jesus is our high priest now. Mm. You know, it just says everything. Needed perfect animals? No. No. Needs a perfect life. We, it just, everything. I just thought it was a good one. I mm. just loved it, so.
0: Anyway, there we go. Great. Okay, so chapter 16. Uh, in chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons, who died after they entered the Lord's presence and burned the wrong kind of fire before him. The Lord said to Moses, warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. If he does, he will die for the ark's cover. The place of atonement is there and I myself am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. That's still amazing. I know. Gosh. The Lord went on to explain specifically how Aaron was to enter the most holy place. The day of atonement was the greatest day of the year for Israel. The Hebrew word for atone means to cover. Old Testament sacrifices cannot actually remove sins, only cover them. On this day, the people confessed their sins as a nation, and the high priest went into the most holy place to make atonement for them. Sacrifices were made, and blood was shed so that the people's sins could be covered until Christ's sacrifice on the cross would give people the opportunity to have their sins removed forever.
1: And then, oh, go ahead. He's always pointing to Christ on the cross, even in the Old Testament. Like, it's always just like, you know.
0: Yes. It's amazing. Uh, Yes. Um, One of the other notes, Aaron had to spend hours preparing himself to meet God. But we can approach God any time. What a privilege. We are offered easier access to God than the high priests of Old Testament times. Still, we must never forget that God is holy, nor let this privilege cause us to approach God carelessly. The way to God has been opened to us by Christ, but easy access to God does not eliminate our need to prepare our hearts as we draw near in prayer. That's a wonderful thing to remember. I know. Just don't take it for granted. No. I mean, you can be anywhere. You don't even have to speak. Mm -hmm. You can just, in your mind, say it. I just, I know. And then the note that you had was, was great. Do you want to go ahead and do it? Yeah. Um,
1: The event with the two goats occurred on the day of atonement. The two goats represented the two ways God was dealing with the Israelites. Sin. One, he was forgiving their sin through the first goat, which was sacrificed. And two, he was removing their guilt through the second goat, the scapegoat. That was sent into the wilderness. The same ritual had been had to be repeated every w- year. Jesus's Christ, Jesus Christ's death replaced this system once and for all. We can have our sins forgiven and guilt removed by placing our trust in Christ.
0: And the, is that where scapegoat came from? I think from? so. Because I had no idea.
1: Me either. You know I'd want to be that scapegoat. <laughs> I don't want to be the one that was sacrifice
0: you don't want to be the forgiving goat no <laughs> but yeah isn't that neat yes yes
1: amazing
0: no i love that i doubt too. how they explain all that yes now anything else for
1: chapter 16 um well this little one that says as the goat goes into the wilderness it will cur- carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land Oh. So that was the scapegoat that went. Like the
0: possum. <laughs> that mama possum is amazing. I'm telling you. <laughs> this makes no sense to anyone listening. <laughs> the mama possum can carry like 15 babies on its mean, back. Really? Yeah. She's like, get on, we're going. I mean, how does she tell him? They have to have a chittering background. Yeah. They have to have a a, a
1: language. We've got to learn. We've got to learn more info.
0: Yeah. And. God bless her. Lord help her if one baby falls off. (laughs) You better hope one of your brothers or sisters is telling mama. Mama. Number four fell off. (laughs) She looks back and goes. She never stops. I cannot I... stop for number four again. He better catch up. Because there are 12 others on my back. I
1: know. Like, I hope it's not the the littlest because it can't climb or nothing. Or if, if it's a little slow or something, it's not going to make <laughs> it's... it. It's not going to make
0: it. Hakuna Matata number four, but yeah. we got to keep going. Yeah.
1: I have never seen anything like it.
0: It's, that's nature at its finest. No
1: kidding. I, there's no, I, I don't think there's no other animal that does that. Except those wolf spiders. Oh. Mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm.
0: No, I'd rather think of possums.
1: Anyway. All right. There they go.
0: All right. Did you have anything else for that's chapter it. 16? All right. Oh, I did. Yes, go ahead.
1: On the Day of Atonement, the high priest entered the most holy place carrying a smoking incense burner. The smoking shielded him from the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God. Otherwise, he would have died.
0: So, on the Day of Atonement, he had to come in... With the incense burner. Yeah. And and so the incense would cover him up.
1: The smoke. The, I'm sorry. Yes, the smoke would cover him up. Because he could not see the presence of God or he would have died. Wow. Remember
0: like Moses up there? Yes, where, where God shielded. Yeah. Isn't it? I don't know if you just think about it. If you think about the process that, you know, obviously, let's say if, if it's Aaron, because he was the high priest, you know, he, it was a very intricate intricate way of dressing to prepare to go into the most holy place then to get the incense burner and have that done a very specific way and then to enter the most holy place i don't know it's you think if you think about it and then those hoo haws just getting those certain coals and whipping them up there now you
1: can see why yes he, yeah he said zappo
0: yeah All right. Well, chapter 17. Here we are. And this is, we're talking about uh, blood again. Here we are. Yeah. The Lord told Moses that Israelites could not sacrifice animals outside the camp. It would be considered murder. Also, if hunting, an animal's blood must be drained and to cover it with the earth. So you had to handle blood in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. So even, you know, the woman gives birth, blood comes out killing animals the blood had to be handled a certain way um did you have notes for that part why was drinking
1: why was eating or drinking blood prohibited the pro, prohibition against eating blood can be traced all the way back to noah god prohibited eating or drinking blood for several reasons to disturb discourage pagan practices israel was to be separate and distinct from the foreign nations around them eating blood was a common pagan practice it was often done in hopes of gaining the characteristics of the slain animal strength speed etc oh. god's people were to rely on him not on ingested blood from, for their strength to preserve the symbolism of the sacrifice blood symbolized the life of the animal that was sacrificed in the sinner's place To drink it would change the symbolism of the sacrificial penalty and destroy the evidence of the sacrifice. To protect the people from infection because many deadly diseases are transmitted through the blood. The Jews took this prohibition seriously and that is why Jesus' hearers were so upset when Jesus told them to drink his blood. However, Jesus as God himself and the last sacrifice ever needed for sins was asking believers to identify with him completely. He wants us to take his life into us and he wants uh, wants to
0: participate in our lives as well. Mm. Yeah, I it I just love how it breaks it down. This is why it yeah. had to be this particular way. Yeah. And I like about um how it would change
1: the symbolism.
0: Mm. Of the
1: sacrificial penalty. That
0: was good. It was. Yes, It was. Um, did you have anything else for like, chapter 17? Let me just check. No. Okay. That's all I had as well. Oh, well there it is. Uh, more great stuff. It is. It, it, yes, always good. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to talk about for this? Or anything else on your mind? No, just that you know, just to, to,
1: if you don't have a church to find one and you know it, just biblical based yes, Bible teaching church, just Bible, Bible. I, I don't mean to sound like a shrewd, but, or always talking about it, but we've always said that just the church with biblically based teaching.
0: Yes. And I, there's a reason why you always have that on your heart because, you know, we want to steer you guys in the right direction yeah all right so let's get into some information our email is basic bible study 19 the number 19 at gmail.com facebook.com slash bible study and the website mybasic bible study.com you can find all the information on there now next time leviticus chapters 18 through 22 Woo. 18 through 22. And then Mm -hmm. after that, we'll be finishing up Leviticus. Amen. Yeah. Yes. So there we are.
1: All right. Have a blessed week. And probably by the time we see them again, the election will be over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: It will be. That's
1: right. And remember, you only answer to the
0: the Lord. That's right. Always keep that in mind. That's right. That's it. So thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you.